Hi, and welcome to Smiling Gives You Wrinkles, the podcast that helps you celebrate everything about aging with a smile. I'm your host, beauty editor Donna Francis, and throughout my 25-year career, I've been passionate about inspiring women to feel good about themselves, inside and out. And now I'm in my late 40s, I wanted to create something joyful and celebratory around aging. Forget midlife, Smiling Gives You Wrinkles is all about creating more life as you age. You will hear from some brilliant women who not only share their stories about aging, but also offer some great tips to help you look forward to life ahead. Smiling Gives You Wrinkles is here to inspire you to age positively and authentically on your own terms. This week's guest is truly makeup royalty the one and only Ruby Hammer, MBE. To me, there are lots of definitions of beauty. And sometimes people do that with age. They do that with skin tone. They do that with body size. They do that what sex you are or how perfect you appear. None of those are the criteria I choose to judge what is to me beautiful. It's not about being young. It's a youthful spirit. Ruby is not just a makeup artist, she's a true beauty trailblazer. Ruby's career has shaped the beauty industry over the past three decades, and she's worked as a makeup artist on some of the world's most famous faces, including Kate Moss, Cindy Crawford, Naomi Campbell, Sharon Stone, Tyra Banks, and Meghan Markle. Ruby was also awarded an MBE. These are given by the monarchy to people who've made an amazing impact in their line of work. Ruby was awarded hers for her long-standing contribution to the cosmetics industry. Ruby continues to work with the world's most iconic brands, celebrities and magazines, and she now has her own beauty accessories line, Ruby Hammer Beauty. Ruby has just turned 62 and not only does she look fantastic, but she also has this amazing energy that is so young at heart and so positive. I wanted to know how she does it how she keeps that youthful spirit alive. And of course, I also wanted Ruby to share all of her makeup and skincare secrets with us too. Ruby is top of her game and she has some great advice about how to look and feel beautiful inside and out as we age. Think of this chat like your private one-to-one appointment with one of the world's best makeup artists and feel-good beauty ambassadors out there. I know you're going to love it. Ruby, thank you so much for coming on my new podcast, Smiling Gives You Wrinkles. It is always a delight to chat with you. It's delightful that you've asked me and it's always nice to see your face. And I do miss you because I used to see you in all sorts of events and now I'm going to have to see you this way. But this is better than nothing. So, on. I really wanted to get you on, actually, because obviously the podcast is all about aging positively and with a smile on your face. And you always have a really refreshing take on aging. Um, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast recently and you said that you have never really defined beauty by age and you've always had like a youthful spirit. Just explain that and and how you approach aging personally. Well, okay. So to me, there are lots of definitions of beauty. And sometimes people do that with age. They do that with skin tone. They do that with body size. They do that what sex you are 
or how perfect you appear. None of those are the criteria I choose to judge what is to me beautiful. It's not about being young, it's a youthful spirit. Now, I can't say that about myself, but that's what people have said to me, because it's like complimenting yourself or, you know, if you keep complimenting yourself, is that a real compliment? No. But people have said that when they've met me and they've met me recently, like, look, nine days from now, I'm going to be 62. And people who have met, yeah, so people who have met me before and they've seen me all over the years, they're the ones that say, oh, my God, Ruby, you haven't hardly changed And I know what they mean. I have changed physically. But what they might mean is that spirit is youthful. And that's what I would aspire to. I would want my, you know, I have a grandson who's coming up to two at the end of December. I'm as playful with him and he's like, you know, tottering around as I am with, say, somebody older, somebody young. I just think you have to be open and keep that spirit open so that it, what do we do when we're young? Grr. You're open, you're learning, you're absorbing, and that willingness to be open. And I think that's what's a youthful spirit, not about, well, do you know how old I am? I've, I've been this long on this planet. I'm the expert. I know this, I know that. I think then you already shut it all down. You've got nothing more you think you want to learn or... I lost my mum at 67. So if I'm going to be 62, there's only five-year gap between that. And that was 11 years ago. So every day that you're actually alive is a blessing. It's a wonderful, joyful thing to be on this planet because none of us know when we're leaving it. And I think we're too het up and wound up about how we're looking in that short time that we're here. Whereas actually it's got to be about giving love, receiving love, creating wonderful memories. We're all going to go six foot under, that you're cremated or buried or whatever happens to you. After about 100 years, who's going to remember you? It's only the good things, you know, like even your family won't remember you. You might just be a picture somewhere. Oh, yeah, that was my great-grandmother. That was my so-and-so, that's so-and-so. The only thing is that bit of kindness or charity, or how you made someone feel, or if you're able to leave something, some knowledge, something that helps somebody that gets passed down, that's the only way we stay alive. Your spirit stays alive. That's You've it. You've said so many wise things there, Ruby. And I think one of the one things I want to pick up on what you said is about how when you're younger, you kind of are open to things. But at the same time, I feel like as I've got older, I feel more courageous to be open to things as well. But I think that is because I'm finally comfortable in my skin. But the outside world says that you shouldn't be comfortable in your skin. So I think you have to really have that kind of internal conversation with yourself to say, well, actually, okay. Absolutely, Donna, and and a continuous conversation with yourself. It can't happen once in every decade. Oh, I'm going to have this conversation in my 20s. I'll have it when I'm 30, 40, 50, plus, 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 right? It's an internal dialogue with yourself. And all the spiritual masters or whoever, you know, talks about improving oneself, 
yes, it's about improving appearance, but they also talk about improving our spiritual knowledge. It's not a religious thing. It's a spiritual knowledge. And where will that come from? if you have none of it for yourself. So you've got to constantly not listen to the noise outside. Some of it, if you're not listening to yourself, you're going to have to dig and make yourself listen because you're the biggest expert on yourself. How you feel, can somebody tell you how you're supposed to feel? You might be putting on a big old facade. Oh, God, I've got, I can't show this. I'm a bit scared. Oh, I must impress her or him or this or that. Or, but you know how you feel. You can't lie to yourself. You've got to look in that mirror and you've got to be able to stare at that person, that spirit in the mirror, to be truthful with that person in that mirror because that is all and who we are. And then you can present that to somebody else external to yourself. And that does require courage, self-love, self-knowledge, being able to forgive yourself. All the things you would do for your best friend. Find it in yourself to do that for yourself. You'd find all the time in the world for your best friend. You'll drop it when you realize, oh, my God, she needs me right now. But pretend you are your best friend. At this moment, I can't be doing that right now because I need to do this. Do that for yourself. Do that. I know. I think we need to learn that so much more. And I think that when it sounds cliche and corny, but I I honestly believe when we start loving ourselves from the inside we exude that and that is why I think people say about you having a youthful spirit is that you have you exude that you can meet you've worked on shoots like hundreds of shoots I've worked on a few shoots in my time well quite a few and you can meet the most beautiful beautiful model but if they haven't got it going on in the inside they're not beautiful anymore. You know where they ask us? I'm sure you've been asked that too. They go, are they all gorgeous? Are they all beautiful, these models? And I say to them, well, they're all tall. And yes, they are. They are beautiful by some definite, you know, it doesn't matter what colouring they are. They're tall, they look that. And I said, but I'll always remember the one that made me laugh or the one that was an absolute bitch. Not there's been a few of those, not many, thank God. But they're we just won't name human. any names. No, no, no. They're human. <laughs> so you will if you exactly. worked in a bank and you had a list of people coming to see you, you would also remember the one that was particularly kind, the one that was funny, the one that was energetic, the one that asked about you, not just herself, the one that told funny stories or you made a connection with. And then there's some that were just Stunning. But you don't remember her because there was no connection. She didn't ask about you. She didn't look at that. She didn't work with the rest of the team. It's all about, oh, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. That isn't how human beings connect. So it doesn't matter how gorgeous they are outwardly. You have to cultivate the inner side as well. And then you can... You can change in size. You can change when your health is not so good. But people look in your eyes and they can still see that spark... Why do we see someone? Well, you know, and you just think, oh my God, they look lovely. Yeah. You're safe with them. You feel close to them. You want to be like them. Those are the things, not just how they look, because even they're not going to look like that 10 years later, are they? Exactly like that. Because there is an aging process out there. Nature has it. We have it. 
Yeah, this is a conversation that is really becoming more popular kind of now. Good. I'm glad it's popular. I'm glad it's not taboo because the more we chat about it, it's like everything else. Like, look, Donna, a few years ago, did anyone talk about menopause? No. No. Quite, especially in our circle, in our photo shoots and fashion and beauty. No. But thank God, after the pandemic or whatever, more and more now, people talk about it. There are things adverts products around it'll be like that so if that's how chat about the aging process to not call it de-aging to not call it anti-aging not pro-aging whatever the bloody title is as long as we're talking about it it means it will demystify this thing and especially for women to be put on that pedestal that if you don't look good for your age or you will have to maintain this other pressure your entire life to be accepted by whatever society, by advertising rules, uh, even social media now, you know, like people say things, do things. As long as we're having a dialogue and we can chat about it, if it's popular, good. It means there's more people. I mean, just morning I um, re-storied a cover that Isabella Rossellini published from Elle I think it was French Elle and she's on the yeah, front she's cover. on the co- she's on the cover and of something she at the looks amazing you can see full skin texture there's no retouching I can't I don't know how old she is but she's she's she she must be a little bit older than I am but the problem is do you remember when she was 40 and she was the face of long con for a long time she was one of yeah. the big hits and then they dropped her like a hot potato they got rid of her and then now she's back in again because they realize what they did and do you know what she has got lines and she crinkles and she laughs and they go in there i have them if you come close enough (laughs) my problem is not my wrinkles here or there and they go are you have you had botox ruby and i've said i've had botox before in the when we were the face of a brand so Uh, what do you have And I posted something recently where it was a picture of me when I was 22. I had nothing. So when they go, oh, Ruby, you haven't changed. And I say, look, I'm not being fake modest, but I have changed. I had nothing. And this is because of my genetic lottery. Uh, I do take care of my skin. I do what else. It's not like I haven't had Botox. I had it there. I haven't had it in about, what, two years now, probably. Oh, I don't know how long. I haven't had it. Um, I'm not lying. I've never lied. I don't filter things. I don't lie about my age. I don't lie about what I've had done or not. But I'm not going to satisfy you to say I've had something done if I haven't. I've never had fillers. I'm never going to have fillers. I do take care. I've had Profilo, which is like hyaluronic acid injecting mm, yeah. uh, and maybe that was about two three years ago and I find that was really good but I, you know but you do need to eat you need to sleep you need to exercise you need to be grateful would you like to be in Palestine or Gaza or in that part of the world right now would you like to be anywhere near the Ukraine Russian border no would you like to be in flash floods in the Sudan or Ethiopia be bloody grateful. Uh, it's not exactly. about this couple of wrinkles and this and that. Be grateful that we are, if you have a roof over your head, you have food in your stomach, you're wearing nice clothes, and you're able to use some beauty products 
let's be grateful and that shows in your spirit and then it comes out in your face and your a hundred percent I think there's probably a lot of women that are listening and thinking oh well it's all right for them they're in the beauty industry you know they can say all these things <laughs> and they've got all the we are double standard judged You're, you'll be damned if you do you'll be damned if you don't then they want to know is it one product that does it no I always say if you can afford it the luxury or, the, or whatever fuck gorgeous why not treat yourself but it's not about the product it's about how often you use a cleanser a moisturizer have you got a regime in place because if you do that your skin will show it's not about the creme de la mer product this one that uh, that costs 560 pounds it's not that but there is if that brand has taken the trouble to to do clinical studies, has got wonderful ingredients and it's joy to use and you are able to afford it or that is your treat, why are you battering someone if they're indulging that way and they don't buy 50 things but they just buy that one? It's like having not 10 sweaters but one cashmere sweater. If that's what they do it, let them do it that way. But that one cream is not what's going to change it if you've got dirty skin and don't have a regime in place and constantly drinking alcohol do not exercise sit down on your ass all day long and you know like you think oh why would you merit or deserve outwardly what you've been born with if you haven't yeah. maintained it you wouldn't have a car treat it disgustingly and then when it doesn't work go oh yeah is that manufacturer's fault you know like you know that you haven't put petrol in it. You haven't done the MOT. You haven't done this. You haven't done that. Somewhere we have to take responsibility for ourselves. Definitely. I think women are confused. They're bombarded with product and makeup and everything. And I think what they want to know is what should they be using to make them feel their best at this kind of 40, 50, 60, what are the products they should be using? What are the things, you know, when I was in my 20s, I would put loads of foundation on and big, thick black eyeliner. But I realised <laughs> that you have to kind of tweak your routine. What are your tips for that? I will, I will go back to simplify it yet again. It is exactly like you say, there's overwhelming knowledge out there. Like when I first started, you could only read magazines to know what tips, what are the trends, what actual products are. You'd either go to the shop and get them, but no way to be guided. You had to read, you had to find out. Or it was an ad, but that was an ad to entice you. You know, there was no way. So now we have overwhelming information tutorials whether it's tiktok this one that one that one product this influencer that including myself going on there going oh use this use that do the other in the end what you should use will come down to how well do you know yourself i can't advise eight million people on the planet on their beauty routine i can't i don't know you all <laughs> i can only say if you know fragrance products don't work for you that's already yeah. eliminated some it doesn't matter who's saying oh my god this one smells gorgeous and it's got rose oil in it essential oil, and you know you're allergic or it doesn't agree with you don't go there don't waste the energy 
Mm. If you know I've tried this kind of product before, a peptide or a, or a retin, and, and you know what? It did work for me. So you can then find different things with that kind of ingredient that works for you. You can find trial and error, but if you don't know yourself to be able to know, oh, yeah, that, that actually sounds like it might be right for me, and then try a little sample before you spend or splurge a lot of money. But it's that bit where if you just expect somebody to just tell you what is right for you or you get the hard sell, well, what do you expect on a counter? They're going to tell you because she needs to make a sale. But if you ask intelligent questions like, has this got this, this, this? I don't know about me, but this kind of thing works for you. And that person can adapt it to you. Then you'll know you're on a semi-winner, aren't you? Yeah. I just find that it's not about how expensive the brand is, but keeping or not. So you have to cleanse as you get old. Anybody has to cleanse. As you get older, you do need a bit of an exfoliant. So that could be a liquid one. It could be a manual one. It could be a chemical one. You've got to slough that skin off so it shows more bright, radiant skin. You have to add a serum. At this age, post 35, you're going to need something. And those needs might be more cumulative as you get older you know like it might be for wrinkling might be for pigmentation it might be for firmness it might be for glow it might be whatever that is you know and then you adapt you do Mm. need moisturizer or something some people don't like a heavier one at night they'll do this whatever that is you will find what works for you you need spf there's no negotiation you need spf then you can add whether you want a lip balm or you need an eye cream or you need an eye mask, if there's a problem in that skin that comes with aging, you know, whether it's a menopause or acne in in your puberty or whatever it is, then you need to go find the expert. Yeah. Go to a dermatologist. Go to Mm. a facialist like you would with anything else that was wrong with you. Go to that expert and then maintain there, you know, like you can't go to a facialist every day. She's not going to come and do that for you. But you maintain. If it's not working, you're going to have to go to the expert, not your friend, not your sister. But we glean or, or Google it, find out, and then realize, okay, this is what I'm going to have to do. And trust yourself that, hmm, that sounds right. No, that doesn't sound right for me. It's going back to that inner voice, isn't it? You know, like when sometimes I'll put on a lipstick and I'm really, I've always been really paranoid about my lips. Actually, just this morning, I thought, oh, I've got Ruby on coming on. I should like <laughs> put a lipstick on or something. And I put it on and I took it off straight away because I looked in the mirror and I thought, I actually don't feel very confident in this. If I wear it, then I'm gonna, not going to feel great. So I'm the not whole gonna, half an hour or an hour that we're going to be on, you're going to be like self-conscious. What exactly. is the point of that? Yeah, but, that I think is a real rule that women need to realise. Just because it looks good on so and so on Instagram, it doesn't mean that you have to wear it. You know, uh, when you look in the mirror. And if I'm really looking at you, I'd say, do you know what would have been lovely is if you'd actually. If I was with you and we tried it and I could give you the confidence to say, do you know what, Donna, you don't feel that it looks great. You don't feel. But I, as a makeup artist of over 40 years, and I'm looking at it and you've applied it well, I think you look great. Then maybe one day I'd say to you, go out and have a drinks for half an hour with it on. 
to see if that makes a difference until you can build it up to more to the point of where you could go out and say, that's okay. It's not my first choice, but I can yeah. carry on a red lip if I choose. Because you've yeah. not got thin lips. They're quite nice and even. Thank and it's you. just something is about also how you feel. And maybe you haven't technically done it, but if we show you that you've applied it properly, is it the colour that is actually flattering to you? And then just say, Donna, just go out with it for half an hour. See if you, And if, if after that you really don't like it, fair enough, you can say, you know what, me and red lips aren't going to work. Then don't and waste your energy so on it. It's about feeling, isn't it, I think? Yes. What you look like on the outside. That just is an example of how, how you feel inside can show on the outside. I remember... My school, when I was 16 or so, my school was a grammar, uh, not a grammar school, it was a comprehensive school. We were allowed makeup, and I used to wear makeup every single bloody day of my life. No two days were the same. And one day, I don't know, I think I overslept or something, and I didn't have time to do my makeup. So I literally just went to school barefoot, and everyone's like, Are you all right, Ruby? You don't look very well. You look, Are you all right? Something happened. And I'm like, I'm perfectly fine. I just haven't got any makeup on. So they were so used to me, done, <laughs> that when I didn't, my bare naked face, and that was a lesson for me when I thought, I feel fine, I'm all right. I was just late, so I just came. <laughs> and they're all telling me, are you all right? God, you look, oh, are you all right? Are you this, are you that? And then it wasn't the days of you took some makeup with you. I didn't. I had The next day I put it all back on again, different things, and they were like, oh, yeah, you're all right. And I'm like, you see, I don't, I don't feel any different, but look how they're saying. They judge how you look and feel by just what outward appearance is, and that taught it to me that the two might not. But it's you funny know. you say that you wore a lot of white makeup, but I always think of you now as not as quite minimal with your makeup, and that's and that's why I love your brand because you you so, have such a great selection of products so, that are so not. So I wore makeup all my teens and my early twenties. By twenty four, when I'd already finished my university degree and I assisted, the more I became a professional makeup artist. In the daytime, on a job, I never wore any because. I didn't have time. I was doing my kit and the focus wasn't on me. It was on my subject. So whether that was an editorial or a fashion show or a um, campaign, TV commercial, this, that, whatever it was, it was all about my subject. And then if I was going out in the evening, I'd come and put a bit of makeup on. If I was on holiday, I'd put a bit of makeup on. I knew what to do. And I gained more confidence that I didn't need to have to have three tons of makeup for somebody to think I was skilled at it yeah. or that I enjoyed yeah. it or that yeah. what I do on my face is not what I can do on 10,000 models of a different colour and shade. Don't judge me by what I've got on my face. You know, I can do a freckly, red-headed, show her skin off. I can do a pitch black skin ebony and show her off I can work in between this is very natural this is very glamorous this is very creative this is very blah 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 whatever it was I I just learned the confidence and then as you're aging I thought I've got the time to be doing all this and then if I do it all wrong they're going to think that I'm not a very good artist because I've slapped it on myself very badly but I still enjoy putting it on and it's just adaptive to how I am now I just like Good skincare. I learned that you cannot have good cosmetics, makeup, without 
taking that effort to create the canvas, the skin. Some of it is immediate, what I can do right now before the shoot, before the whatever I can do. And some of it has to be cumulative. Like, is this person been taking care of their skin or mm. not? Because I can only do so much in half an hour if she's a smoker or she drinks a lot or she's just come off of plane and she's dehydrated. I could put a moisturizing mask on, but I do talk to her and say, you've got to give up that smoking, young lady. You've got to do this. You've got to drink a bit more water. Have you used an SPF? You know, you are traveling, blah, blah, blah. All, all these things. So... It's just taken all these years to get to this point. And now I don't want to hide behind a mask. And yet there are some times when I love putting it all on and my husband goes, what have you got on there? And he goes, oh, your eyes are really little because I've put that eyeliner on the way we yeah. did it. Are you, you know, like, yeah, I go, yeah. I don't care what you think. This is how I want to look and that's how I'm going out. If you don't want to go out with me, then I'll see you later. Exactly. But, and then I might look and I think, Oh, he's actually right. I've actually covered my whole eyes up. I've loved how it looks, but maybe it would have been better to just do it on the upper one and not everywhere, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. It's just, you just have to play and balance it all out, and there's no one way. There just isn't. And your makeup, um, your Ruby Hammer brand is, you've yes. got some amazing products. I want to talk a bit about that. You have a new eyebrow product coming out, I believe. Oh my God, there it is. I've got it. I've actually got it in hand. Two of my pet peeves, Donna, is like, there are wonderful products out there because brows are a big thing now. Before, nobody concentrated on them, but now you cannot address a face without whether it's just brushing it upwards or putting a pencil in or putting a powder in, putting a pomade in, whatever, you address the brows. So this tiny brush just gets it all up, keeps it in place. When it dries, I've got dark hair, you've got dark hair. It doesn't dry and look like you've got eyebrow dandruff. Yeah. And the other thing is when I touch it, I don't like it when it goes all crisp. Crispy, like, yeah. You can yeah. feel a little bit of it because you're putting on a layer, but it doesn't just sit there and it, it feels like caterpillars are growing on your... I hate that. Yeah, that's so, not nice. And yeah. cumulative use. It's got wonderful peptides and, and all mm. different kinds to actually nourish and condition the brows. So the more you use, the better they will look. Amazing. I'm self-funded and I'm a starter. So everything I pay for myself. Mm. When we were testing it, it's taken three years to create this product with a fantastic lab in Korea. We notice, oh my God, it feels really good and nice. But I can't afford independent clinical trials to make a claim to say, this is what it does, 48%. Mm -hmm. When I can afford it, I will. But word of mouth, all the people that have tested it, the more you use it, you'll see it looks Fabulous. Same Amazing. with the double-ended mascara. The brush is yeah. tiny. Again. I love a small wand. It is tubular formula. Again, so it wraps around and comes off with warm water. It's not going to make you look like you've got false eyelashes on. It's like the white T-shirt in love our wardrobe. That. Everybody has a white T-shirt, don't they? Yeah. But this is not your little black dress. For no. that, you need to go. There are different brands out there that you can 
whack on and it looks like you've got false eyelashes on or length from here to here. There are some fabulous brands out there. Go and indulge. But for someone who needs something just to look more awake and defined, whether she's exercising, Sunday casual, everyday look. And I think eyebrows, as you were saying, that's a that's a feature that people often gloss Neglect. over. Yeah. And I think especially as you get older, it's an important feature to define because it really brings the face together, doesn't it? And it is I think a frame. About their, their lines and everything. But if you've got strong brows, that is... Not that we necessarily want it to be a distraction, but it's just a good kind of... It's a, it's a frame because at the end of it, look, our brows, you do lose hairs. You do. You shed, just like the lushness of your lashes goes. And do you know that in theatre, when they are doing characters, like especially to be seen from a distance, they brush them down. They brush them down, they put greys in there, or they make it look a bit patchy so that mm. you look... Debbie Downer, you don't look awake. You don't look, you know, so if you just brush them up, you're going to look more alert and awake. And if you fill in the gaps and just have, they don't have to be like Brooke Shields because we weren't all blessed with her brows. But just to put in the little, little gaps, not too short so they don't stop there, but they go on to the length of your eye. Not too heavy here so you don't look overpowering and angry and aggressive. But there's a frame. And then you can just have a bit of mascara. You need a flush on your cheeks and you need a comforting something on your lips because the more comfortable they are, the more you're willing to smile. And, you know, it's not just about the colour, it's that comfort level. And a lot of your products, the texture is like kind of creamy and I think that's a real benefit as you're getting older because your skin's obviously drier and you need things that have more of a kind of creamy they 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 have nurturing you know they they're like I call them skincare with cosmetic benefit you know they've all got Mm. like my lip serum balms feel super this will feel super my new cheek sticks which give you a bit of color there's three shades the red is a flush for everybody when you've Love exerted it. yourself, uh, when when you have, when you've gone out in the cold and you come back in, the pink adds a glow again. And then I have a nude that gives you a slightly pearly texture and it goes on there. But it's not balmy, so it's not greasy and heavy. I'm an artist, so I like control. I like that you can build up or tone down. And what you put on underneath it if you want that dewy one, like, say, Ate Jules blushes are, hers are really, really balmy. Mine aren't as balmy, but if you wanted that Ate's effect, you could by all means buy hers. I've got hers. Or if you've got mine, put a bit more of an oil or a serum underneath and do that. But mine isn't as that, so it just means it'll be longer-lasting. And I think that is a lesson for makeup as you get older as well. Just less is more. I think people tend to think, oh, I've got to cover all this up. I've got all these lines. I've got to do this and do that. But I feel like you need to dial it down, actually, because you don't want to accentuate things even more. No, exactly. But also, 
we do lose colour from our cheeks, so don't give up the blusher just because you think you've got a bit of rosacea. Why not conceal it lightly and then put a bit of bloom back in there? We might need a concealer, you know, or a brightening product that's a corrector because it does go dark here and it does go patchy, but not heavy-handed, light, mm. light, light. And then they hate powders, but you know what? There's some wonderful powders out there, like from Laura Mercier or by Terry. And blend it away, and if you think, oh, I could do with a bit more, it's easy to add, really difficult to take it away, really difficult. And get the right shades and get the right tools. And if you've got the right tools, make sure they're bloody clean. You know, it's not always want to feel big lessons, isn't it? I hate, uh, you know, they go blah blah, and I'm like, you need the right. It's not just the shades and the complexions and the brands. You need the right tools. They could be your fingers. They could be brushes. They could be sponges. Make sure your hands are clean. Make sure your sponges are clean. Make sure your brushes are clean. Then it's a joy and easy to use. Make your life simple. How do you clean your brushes, by the way? Actually, you can use anything out there. So from whether you have dishwasher soap to a bit of shampoo to specialist ones that are out there for you, you know, whether it's a beauty blender or there there are loads of them, whether it's a solid one or a liquid one or a little bit of sometimes I just dilute fairy washing up liquid because it gets out things like concealer. Just I have a cleaning pad as well, just a small thing. So you put a drop there, wet the brush, scrub it until you see no more pigment and then rinse in a lot of water, dry it and then shape it, lay it flat. Lay it flat is a good rule because lay it flat because so but not sopping wet. Get the excess moisture out, kitchen roll tissues and old face flannel, something like that. And then I lay it flat so that it air dries hygienically and, and it's good to go. I have to wash a brush, you know, uh, as, as a makeup artist, immediately after it's done. And my one, once a week. When it's your personal one, once a week. But I do sit down and I, and I do that because it's a pet peeve of mine because you cross-transfer bacteria, there's your own dry cells, there's grease, there's oil. And if you shadow stuff... One has pearl and you're trying to do a matte something and that pearl, you know, it's, you want yeah. a nice clean canvas every time. So I make the effort. <laughs> so I think just as we end, I want to kind of speak to you about your daughter, yes. lovely Ritma, <laughs> um, who is also in the beauty industry. She's a beauty entrepreneur in a different way. So she's not an artist and she's not a facialist or anything like that. She's a beauty entrepreneur and her latest project is a thing called Indie, which is for teenagers. So from the age of 11 to 17, it's got skincare and some cosmetics. They've launched almost a month ago. They've had a little pop-up in Covent Garden and they're online now. They've got a community. I'm so proud of her. She's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, with your daughter, what are the lessons that you teach her about ageing? I think the best lesson she's got is actually by example. You know, I'm her mum, so she's known me her whole life. And she's seen that I, it's not like I'm perfect, but 
those lessons about cleansing. Like when she was about 13, I think it was a very gentle range that Clarins had. And I told her, come back from school, wash your hands and you cleanse with this and just wash with water and put a bit of moisturiser on. So she's learned those lessons. She knows, she was a bit spoiled in that I had all the makeup in the world, so she didn't hanker for it. You know how some teenage girls nick their mother's makeup and all that? She, I always told her, this is my kit. You don't dare go in there because they will be hell to pay. But this is <laughs> mummy's personal stuff. You ask and you can have freedom to experiment, but you are still young, so... You're allowed to do that at home. You're not allowed to go outside the door with three tons on. Yeah. yeah. And then she's learned to be willing to experiment. And then she's asked me to make her up or not. And she knows skincare is important. She knows I'm not scared to show my natural, whether it's the grey or I'm going thin or pigmentation or whatever. All those things. She knows grooming to actually have something that's in place whether it's taking care of your nails your face your hair on a regular basis is better than doing it once razzmatazz Mm. and then it's very hard to get you oscar ready when you haven't colored your hair you haven't plucked your eyebrows you haven't done your nails you haven't taken care here here how do we get you camera ready quickly if we're going to take 10 hours to de-pluck you, do hair, you do your hairs, dye your hair, cut your hair. Do you see what I mean? But if you do yeah. that on a regular basis, that's how those A-listers stay. Yes, all right, they've got somebody doing it for them. They've got time, they've got the money, but at least they're doing it, aren't they? So that they can be camera ready in Berlin one day, LA next day, somewhere else next day, because the hair is conditioned. It's been coloured. There are regular appointments to keep that going and when I had no money I used to do it that was my weekly if I had an essay to write I knew I'd have to do a mask and that's half an hour so that's what I'd put on and do my essay because I couldn't afford to go and have it done anyway so you know you need to look at your eyebrows every day do your nails once a week do your mask once a week I guess it's not about looking after yourself, isn't it? It's just... When you age, you need to look after yourself. And that's what she's learned, that I I don't feel guilty when I take care of myself. As a woman, as a person, I work hard. She's a woman first. She's a mother now. She's an entrepreneur. She's burning the things both ends. She needs to not feel guilty about taking care of herself. Sometimes she's been a bit overwhelmed. And I she sees from me, I hope, that... When I give love and attention to someone, don't deprive yourself and don't feel bad because you're giving yourself some time. Because if you feel good and you're all right, you'll be able to give more to others. But if the bank is depleted, can't keep going into overdraft, someone's got to pay the bills, haven't they? Someone, somewhere, you have to make that deficit a credit. Well, we have come completely full circle because that's what we started (laughs) talking about at the beginning. So I think definitely your message is looking after yourself and self-love. So thank you so much, Ruby, for chatting with me. Oh, Donna, it's been lovely to see you and chat to you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Smiling Gives You Wrinkles. I hope you enjoyed that chat as much as I did. 
Remember to join me next week when I'll be talking to another brilliant woman. Until then, please leave me a five-star review wherever you're listening and tell your friends about the podcast too. I'm Donna Francis and remember, smiling gives you wrinkles.